everybody. Grab your Bible and a pencil and a journal and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on our conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. Joshua 1, verses 7 and 8. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, I am Dot's daughter, and every week we sit down together and we talk through truth and scripture, and we are doing something a little different in the next few episodes that I'm actually really excited about, and so is my mom. We just came back from a retreat that my mom spoke at called the Breather Treat, and she spoke on Joshua, and she invited the attendees to write some questions, whether about Joshua or scripture in general. And so instead of answering them at the retreat, we thought it could be fun to invite you guys in on that as well. So we are going to be answering those questions for the next few episodes, and they're actually really good questions. So I'm really excited about these conversations. But in this episode, one of the questions tackles the whole good things happening to bad people, bad things happening to good people. So it's quite the question, and it was fun to talk through it with my mom. So if there's ever a time that you guys have questions yourselves, we would love to hear it hear from you guys, whether it's about something we said in an episode or just something that comes up while you're reading the Bible. So we would always love to hear from you guys, but we would love for you to pull up a chair and join in our conversation. Hey, Kara. Hey, mom. How you doing? I am so good. I am excited. I'm so glad. I'm still just so excited about all uh, the things that uh, God did at Breathe Retreat. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like we've got some people that have decided to join in on our conversation yeah. today. Yeah, we are going to read a couple questions. And these first couple do have to do with Joshua, which is kind of fun right. because we did talk about Joshua, or you did, I didn't, but you talked about Joshua at the retreat. And then we've been doing Joshua the last three weeks. So everyone's on the same page. <laughs> love, it, love, love it. Jo- we've all yeah. been in Joshua. So, okay, we'll dive right in. Okay. This first question says, in my study Bible, Joshua 1, 1 explanation says that, and then quotes, as the children grew, they were often reminded that faith and obedience to God brought victory, while unbelief and disobedience brought tragedy, end quote. But in Job, we are taught that essentially bad things can happen to good people and good things can happen to bad people. This seems contradictory to me. Help me understand Please. We are starting with the bang. (laughs) Okay, let's just jump right in here. This is not an easy question. That's not an easy question. But I feel like it's a really good question because I do Mm -hmm. think we do see that a lot, especially in the Old Testament where, I mean, the Israelites didn't enter because of their unbelief. We also Mm -hmm. see, you know, for obedience or faith that there Mm -hmm. is, you know, victory, like it says, like with all the battles in Joshua or wherever else in the Old Testament. But Job and other places that, you know, we do see that good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. So, yeah, yeah it's a good question, but good luck. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thank you. And of course, I know you would always say, like, write, write it down and take write it to the Lord. Down and and go, and ask yeah. God. Mm-hmm. go ask God what I'm about to say, if it's true. And mm-hmm. uh, hopefully, you know, I certainly believe that what I'm going to say is true, or I would 
believe it or not, keep my mouth shut. And and Joshua 1, you do see so often where God talks about obedience and how important obedience is as a child of God. And really and truly, even with the book of Job, when Job's friends came and talked to Job about, I know, you know, this terrible things have happened to you, so you've had to sin. And Mm so, you know, there is that really that connection between God saying to the Israelites, I want you to obey, I want you to know my word, and I want you to do everything I say. Don't turn left and right because you'll have success. And then with Job's friends, they were saying the reason that so many bad things are happening to you, you must have disobeyed God. So I can understand. Yeah, where, it seems a little contradictory. Yeah. yeah. For where, like what she's was saying is that the Israelites, the first generation, didn't go into the promised land because of disobedience. Right. Job you know, had some issues, but God clearly said and called Job a good and righteous man. So she was trying to figure out how mm-hmm. this connects. And yeah, like bad things happened to Job, who was right. a quote-unquote good person. He had faith and was righteous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I just want to say this, that the children, the Israelites, did grow in their faith, but they were reminded to be obedient, and that if they were obedient, that they would have victory. But what the scriptures clearly teaches is not faith and obedience that causes victory. God causes victory. It is God that has the victory. You know, victory is mine, says the Lord. And so where does the faith and obedience come in? Because it says it will give you great success. Right. And I think that the unbelief and the disobedience did bring tragedy. It always causes sin. And and it says in, in the New Testament for the wages of sin is death. So there's always this connection between being obedient and what we would see, whether it's success or a lot of mm-hmm. times we're looking at the consequences of the sin, that the faith and obedience was trust in God. And and that is one of the you know big things. Like, is it, am I really being forgiven when I'm reaping the consequences? And I think that for this, what we want to look at, that it was never about obedience as far as getting the victory or winning the battles, because that was the promised land. That land was already given to them. But their way of being able to enjoy and be success and being able to to walk into that promised land was going to be based on their faith and obedience. I just want to just make sure that I'm very clear that the consequences of sin is always the same and that God will always encourage us to be obedient to him because when we sin against God, there are certain consequences of that. God brought the victory and the people's victory was the fact that they were faithful and they went and they pursued what God had brought. But God brought the victory, not their faith. But as they walked in faith, they were able to experience what God had already given them. So I just want to make it clear that the people's faith and them trusting God played a part in it, but they were going to already get that victory anyway. They were already going to have that land because God had promised them that land. So this was one of the things that I think for me is that the question was that they grew, they were often reminded that faith and obedience would bring the victory, but that's not really true. Faith and obedience brought them 
the life to be able to experience the victory that God had already provided. Well, I think it is true because I think it's how you are defining victory. Because I think even in modern day times, faith and obedience does bring victory. It may not bring victory in a literal sense, you know, maybe what you're praying for, maybe you get a no, or maybe something doesn't go the way you thought or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But maybe the victory is you have peace. Maybe the victory is, you know, you are being obedient to the Lord. Like it says in the New Testament, you can't, it's impossible to please the Lord without faith. So, you know, like, I think that's, I like I, as I'm reading both of those, what it says in Job and what the study Bible said, I can see both things where it's, yes, like the victory is the Lord's. But there is a tragedy when we walk in unbelief or disobedience. Like you're saying, like there are consequences to that. There is, mm-hmm. you know, there is fruit, just like there's fruit when you walk in faith or obedience. But I would even say, along with that, looking at Job, like, yes, bad, quote unquote, bad things happen to Job. But at the end of the story, Job won. Job got the victory mm-hmm. because God was pleased with Job. God, you know, ended up blessing him 10,000 fold, you know, did all the things. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't even that. It was more of how Job pleased the Lord because Job didn't turn from the Lord. Job didn't, you know, even when he was questioning the Lord, he was in relationship with the Lord. So I would say, you know, like, yes, there are bad things. And I think too, this is where it's so different, where it's like you're saying, like the Israelites were entering into the promised land that was already given to them. Mm -hmm. Job, we see at the very beginning, you know, Satan asked, to sift Job. Like those are very Mm -hmm. specific situations. Like I think that we can see that there's an overall truth of how God operates in both of those scenarios. But, you know, like you're saying, God was going to bring victory to the Israelites because he was like, I I said that this land is yours, so I'm going to do what I said. And that's the key right there is that God's going to be faithful to do what he said he's going to do. And he was saying to, to the people, you know my word, you know, and you don't turn left and right because then you will be able to experience, I think that's the key. I think it's the experiencing, it's the life that we experience because we're walking in obedience. That's the fruit of it. But the question was, how did that, it's implying that the faith and their obedience brought the victory. God brings the victory. But it's one thing to know that, let's just go with Jesus on the cross, where we know that Jesus won the victory over Satan. That was a long time ago. But I can experience the victory that God has brought through me, through Jesus Christ, when I accept Him as my Savior, that I have been forgiven. So I can experience forgiveness, even though Jesus has already provided for that to me 2,000 years ago. But today, I can experience that victory in forgiveness. It's like there is a certain statement. There's a certain what Christian in the Christian world has talked, a position. So Paul talks about that we're more than conquerors in Christ who've given us freedom. So we are already given the freedom and the victory, but it's us as faith. We walk in that. Our faith is our response to what God's already given us. So I just wanted to make that clear in the fact that the victory that they were experiencing and would have to get the land, to get out of Egypt, to get into the freedom and get into the land was already there. Their mm. life experiences of that would be based on their response through faith. God isn't about punishing his children. 
So there's an implication there that if I don't have faith or I don't trust God, God's going to punish me. And and that's kind of the suffering in Job. You know, like, is God punishing Job? That was Job's friends. Like, God must be punishing you. And I just want to make it clear that the reason that Job's friends were wrong wasn't because they did not understand that over the years— if you disobey God, something bad would happen to you. So when they gave them that information, it was based on their experience. But I just want to make it clear, God's not in the punishing business. Yeah, I think it's remembering that God is concerned about our hearts. He was concerned about the Israelites' hearts. He was concerned about Job's hearts. And so and faith and obedience is a position of your heart. You know, that's what he is concerned mm-hmm. about. And so... You can't look at it as like, well, you have a heart issue with an external result. Like that's not, you know what I mean? Like I think what happens, you know, when you have faith, when you're walking in faith, when you're walking in obedience, there's a victory internally. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it may not, yeah, within, it may not always result externally, like I was saying, but I think the same thing, you know, with Job where it's like, and just like you're saying, like God's not out to punish us, but we live in a sinful world. We live in a fallen world. But I think that's part of it too, where it's, God is concerned about our hearts and God is concerned mm-hmm. about the heart of his children, whether that's Job or Israelite or you or me or whoever. And that's what he is after. And so I think obviously like our fruit, you know, comes out of what's in our heart comes out. So that's where, you know, obedience or disobedience. But I think that's important to like remember where it's, it's, uh, it's a hard thing. It's not just about what you're like obedience or disobedience in terms of, what you're doing, but it's mm-hmm. more of like, wh- where's your heart? And in Joshua, it talks about consecration and consecrating your heart before you go into the promised land and all that. And, and certainly the heart plays a huge part because God does look at the heart more than he actually looks at your obedience. But I just think that consequences of sin, I think we're getting mixed up with saying God's punishing me or there's tragedy going to happen to me if I don't obey versus, no, God is going to forgive you and has forgiven mm-hmm. you. But the the sin itself brings the consequences, not God. And mm-hmm. I think that we have to remember that God is holy and he's loving by telling us don't you know not to do certain things because he knows that when we do certain things, we are in bondage. When we do certain things, it causes us to lose something, whether it's self-respect, whether it's a intimate relationship with God. So, you know, our performance and what we do plays a huge part in our intimacy and our relationship, our fellowship, mm-hmm. not a relationship with God. So we need, do need to know that when God is warning the people about, don't go over there into the land and start worshiping other gods. Don't, don't go over there and start living like the people that you're about yeah. to go over and, and win you know, the battle over. These are consequences. And so when Job was a, you know, righteous man and God told him he was a righteous man and God, you know, allowed all of this strategy to happen, it had nothing to do with Job's faith mm-hmm. and and disobedience. It had a lot to do with what started at the very beginning of Job. And basically the book of Job is about suffering, but it's really about you know, the question that came up between God and Satan, Yeah, that Satan, you know, said, you know, Job just likes you for what you have and what you give him. And so really the book about it is really, as I've studied it, it's really about Job 
coming to the realization that I'm going, no matter what you do, God, I'm still going to serve you. When I think we need to remember too of, you know, the whole like good things happen to bad people. Like I have a super close friend who is a nurse and has seen, you know, mm-hmm. she struggles with this a lot because she's seeing bad things Horrible and, things. you know, mm-hmm. happening to, or good things happen to bad people or vice versa. And she struggles with this. And I always say, I just, and I, we don't know, this is where it goes back to like the Lord, <laughs> You know, we yeah, we, we, we can't everything. fully know, but yeah. I do think there we don't see things like God sees. Like what seems good to us may not be good. Like they may be quote unquote prospering in terms of like maybe they are, you know, getting out of the hospital quicker, or maybe they're being healed, or maybe, you know, they got the, you know, bonus or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But those things may not be good for their heart. That might be what is, you know, could be part of their destruction. Or We just mm-hmm. don't know. And I think that's a big part with this, with the whole question of, you know, good things and bad things happen to good or bad people. It's like, we we don't know what how God is going to use that. And like we have talked about here, you know, people who we know and love who have had cancer and who have been taken from cancer or been taken by cancer, they felt super close to the Lord. So yeah, it's, it was a bad thing. Cancer is not good, but how God used that. So I think that's also important with all this is like constantly looking at when we have these questions in scripture, going back to like, okay, I know the heart of God. God is not out to punish mm-hmm. us. If he was, why would he send his son to die <laughs> to save us from exactly. hell? And plus Genesis 1 and 2 says God wanted everything to be good. And so I think that's one of the things that the whole book of Joshua and the book of Job is about knowing who God is. And I think that it's not about victory because that's what we all look for, but it's about holiness. It's not mm-hmm. about, you know, good things or bad things. It's not, you know, they were they were let free. They were, you know, sent out of Egypt to go worship God, not just to go be free. It wasn't ever about their freedom. It was about their relationship with God. Right. And I think sometimes in what you're saying is whatever is happening into our lives doesn't mean what's outside of our lives. It doesn't mean that we're free within. It doesn't mean we're winning the victory. It doesn't mean right. that we're, you know, living above our circumstances. That's a hard issue. You're right, but it's also trusting God and who He is, and that's what Job did the entire time. Is that I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening, but he kept going back to, you know, who God is. And at the very mm-hmm. end of Job, God never explains to Job why. He never answers the question why. He says to Job, where were you when I created the heavens? Yeah, and he earth? says, this is who I am. This yeah. is who I am. And I think that's what Joshua, I think that's where it connects. I think, you know, it says you meditate on the word. You don't turn from it left and right. And that word was God. That was the presence of God. That was his words and, and who he was. And with Job, it was the same thing. It was about who God is. I think we look at the world around us and we come to a conclusion of what God is based on our circumstances. And like you said, I think freedom is not necessarily where we are, but what's inside. And there are a lot of people that, you know, the the first generation didn't go in. They weren't free, but they were free from Egypt, but they weren't free from within. And so I think that's where you have to kind of look at, yes, it could appear to be a contradiction if you're only looking at the circumstances and not on the oneness of who God is. And I think that's the key to, to those yeah. things. I think we cannot keep looking at suffering as if God's punishing us. 
Yeah. We have to look at the heart. We have to look at suffering as we're not in heaven. We live in a sinful world, and we are going to be affected by the world that we're involved in. All right. I think we answer that one. I think we can answer one more, and then we'll continue with more questions next episode. But the next question, which also has to do with Joshua, is asking about Rahab. And so she says, Please comment on Rahab's example of faith in the unseen and her position in the genealogy of Jesus. It's funny that she does this question because when I was studying and we talked about it, you know, at Breathe, I went from Joshua 1 and then went to 3. And I didn't even talk about Rahab because it kind of is like, to me, it's like, it does definitely flow. But then all of a sudden, here's this pagan woman that comes up on the scene. And so... I love the story of Rahab. I think it's interesting. Again, we'll go back to her faith. Like, basically, Mm -hmm. the first question was, you know, faith. Is it faith and obedience? And how does that bring tragedy? And here we now come into this whole thing where her faith saved her. But it was the object of her faith. And it was the fact that she had heard about the Israelites' God. And she was a pagan woman. And I just found it so interesting in this woman who was a harlot, you know, sinful woman that God uses in a a mighty way, even to usher in the Messiah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I was going to say that. Like, that to me just shows the abundant grace of God Mm -hmm. and just how much faith pleases Him. Like, I don't think it's, I don't know, I just think it's such a fine line. It's not like, oh, we do these things and then God, you know, like, okay, it's like a checkbox. But I think it's just because her heart just believed who this Israelite God said that he was, you know, who Yahweh was. And I mean, she didn't know, she had no idea Mm -hmm. that one, that they were going to save her and her family. And then two, that she would be in the genealogy, you know, like, like she had no, no idea. So I think that's it too, where I think there's like that fine line of like, we don't walk in faith to get things from the Lord, but we just walk in, like our faith is in who he is. And that's what we see, I think, in Rahab. But think about this minute, Kara. When you think about it, here's a pagan woman, a woman now. That's a whole another story. How God uses and honors this woman. But the Israelites that she had heard about and what God had done to the Israelites were the very generation did not enter into the promised land because of their lack of belief. And so she had heard about the Red Sea because the Jordan River hadn't happened yet. Right. She had heard about the God who's but the Red Sea. And here are the people that are going through the Red Sea that failed to trust God who had literally experienced it. She had just heard about it. And I think that there was this moment, like my only hope is that this God is who he says he is. And I can relate to this, Rahab. Yeah, she says, I know the Lord has given you this land. The Israelites didn't yes. know, yeah. you know, like she's like, no, I know what's about to happen. Remember the I know. spies? Yeah. Yeah. Like if God said it, it's going to happen. And yeah. the Israelites didn't. And so the first generation didn't, but the but these spies did because it said when we come, not just if, it says when we come right. and take this over, we're going to save you. But I think that's just a really great you know, example of you can hear about God and, mm-hmm. and not know everything about God. And still trust him based on what you know to be like, God, I hear that you're loving. I hear that you're forgiving. I hear that you're powerful. And you can see miracles Mm -hmm. of the power of God and still not believe. 
And that's where I think it's just so fascinating to me is this woman that lived in her culture. But, you know, she had to go against all odds because her her world was worship many gods. Right. So she really was going against not just what she had lived out, but her culture, everything about that she had ever seen or experienced was totally opposite. No, number one is there was only one true God. That was totally opposite of anything she had ever believed. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a very inspiring of knowing that God can use us no matter where we are spiritually in our amount of faith. Well, and I think she also had this posture of, what do I have to lose? Mm-hmm, like, sure. I'm going to hide these spies, mm-hmm. which it risked, she risked her life doing that. But she had such... Like faith in God, she she had this posture of like, what do I have to lose? Like, I'm I'm gonna risk my life for this, or I'm gonna die anyway. Because mm-hmm. if you were to come in here, you know, like I've seen what God did. So I think I don't know. I just think that too of like, I don't operate that way. Of like, if I just have faith in who God is, like, what do I have to lose? Like, I'll mm-hmm. do this crazy thing, or I'll risk this, or I'll do you know whatever He may be asking me in obedience. Like, what do I have to lose? But also you know, she had everything to lose. <laughs> but I think that she was so confident in who God said yeah. he was and what she had heard. And that's what is so crazy because yeah, even the Israelites were like, well, we can't take these people. And she's like, it. are you kidding me? Like he, your God's mm-hmm. going to demolish my yeah, people. <laughs> yeah, I, I love this. It says, and when we heard it, our hearts melted and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you for the Lord, your God. This is huge. The Lord your God, He is God in heaven and above all and in the world underneath. And she was just like, we've heard about your God and what God has done. They had seen what God had done. And they still, because of um, their desire to want to go back to Egypt and their desire to worship other gods, kept them from the promised land. But I think that one of the things about Rahab and how you know God used it was her faith in action. A lot of people, it's easy mm-hmm. to say that I have faith, but it's this is faith in action, which is what James talks about. You show me your faith, and I'll show you my faith based on my action. Yeah. So her faith, I think, probably grew when she acted on her faith. Right. When I think, you know, if that may seem contradictory to what we literally just said about the Israelites and Job, I think it goes back to the heart. It was her heart posture. It was... All she was doing was acting on who she knew God was and or who he is. And she had no idea, you know, that God was going to save her. She had no idea that she was going to be in the genealogy. Like, there's so many things. Like, she had no idea. And I think that's part of it, too, where it's like, yes, there was, you know, you could look at it as victory. But I don't, I don't think, like, God was going to do what he said he was going to do anyway. And she, because of her faith, you know, like, she got to experience it in a different way. Like you said, like, I think it's the, what we get to experience when we are— but you mentioned this when we were talking about, mm-hmm. you know, that first question. It's, we get to enjoy it. We get to have peace. We get to have joy. You know, there's more, within. there's more right. within. And I think that's what we see with Rahab. And I think it goes back to, I mean, it's a New Testament verse, but faith pleases God. Yeah. Without faith, it's impossible. Please God, it's in Hebrews. I mean, she still lost her home. Yeah. I mean, you can look at it that way where it's like, well, I mean, she lost everything. <laughs> Like, yes, she also, right, but it's like, you could, you know, it kind of depends just your perspective, but look at what she, you know, she also gained a lot, but she also lost a lot. I mean, she lost her home, her town. I mean, her Mm -hmm. friends, you know, like they're, like her family or her whole world. Obviously, you know, God redeemed a lot of it, but. I just think that it's just 
interesting to me is that we're talking about our faith and, you know, does it really save us? Does it keep us from tragedy and stuff like that? I, I think we so often think about it's just the faith. It's having faith in faith. We've said it a hundred times. Yeah. But remember, he, she said, I've heard about your God. Right, it was it a faith God and faith. That that it was... victory. Yes, it was God in victory. It was the, it's the same God that allowed Job to go through what he went through uh, for whatever reason. God is going to be God. It's the same God that's the God of Israel, the heavens and earth, the one true God. And he was saying, I heard about your God. She didn't say, well, I'm just going to have faith and that my throwing out this rope or my saving you or being able to, you know, it, that's not what saved her. What saved her was the fact that she believed and she heard about God. Yeah, and she believed that that was, yeah, mm-hmm. he says he is who he says he is. Again, I do think it's one of those things where it's like we we so are caught caught up in our actions, our circumstances, our consequences, and we're forgetting, you know, totally, like, we've got to set our eyes on mm-hmm. God, because that's what happens in Joshua 6, 3, when it says, we see presence of God, go after it. And we just get so caught up in our suffering, our obedience, our, what are we supposed to do, and not, you know, keep our eyes on God, and that, and that's literally what saved Rahab. Was her eyes was on the God. Is there anything that you want to add about the genealogy aspect of it or her being included or mentioned in the genealogy? Because that was the other part of the question. Yes, I love that because, you know, she was married to Salmon and her son, Boaz, who married Ruth. That was the great-grandmother of David, Israel's king. And in Matthew 1, I think it's the genealogy. You know, I think the key to trying to figure out everything God's going to do is the question is, you never know what hangs in the balance of your obedience or your faith in God and trust in who God is, because she certainly would have never would have thought that God would have used her life to bring in and usher the Messiah. Well, and I think he, again, we don't know why, but I mean, Tamar, Bathsheba, Rahab, who are the other two? Oh, Mary. Oh, Ruth. But we know, you know Tamar. And Ruth wasn't either. No, but Tamar... Bathsheba and Rahab, I mean, they had some scandalous yeah. stories. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know. I always read it. I don't know. There could be more to it. But I always read that as, like I said at the beginning of just God's grace. Like, mm-hmm. whether you're an Israelite or a Gentile or no matter what you've done or haven't done, like, just bringing your heart to the Lord. Because that is one thing that we do see that isn't common with whether it's a Mary or a Rahab, you know, they come from very different, you know, paths and lifestyles, but they both believed that God is who he says he is. And they trusted that and they acted on that. And I think that is so huge. I think in, in my Bible, I wrote this, we all stand in Rahab's place. We're sinners saved by grace through faith. And I think that, Instead of looking at, oh, Rahab, she was a prostitute. She came, you know, Jesus came through the line of Rahab, you know. Instead of realizing that, we need to really think about that we're all sinners. And I think, again, if we go back about, well, these people are good and bad things happen. And these good, you know, these people are not good and good things happen to them. We're all talking about our actions. And I think I, I would say how to wrap it all up and to put the two together, these two questions, is to sit back and go, you know what, we're all Rahabs. We're all sinners. And that's where I think 
we need to kind of land is that it says, for by grace, you're saved. That is God's grace. That's how we're saved, not by faith. It says, for by grace, we've been saved. Through faith, Mm -hmm. that's my response to God's grace. So my action and my response to what God's doing is what, you know, allows me to experience the salvation of God. And that, to me, is what these two things, these whether it's Job or whether it's, you know, Rahab or the fact that the Israelites, by grace, God gave them that land. They didn't mm-hmm. do anything to earn the land. But God said, I'll allow, I'll allow you to experience that land of freedom. If you will receive it through faith, you trust me for who I am. And don't go after the land. I don't think it was ever about the land. It was basically, you know what it was about God and the fact that he's faithful to his promise. He said, I'm going to give you the land. And that's in Joshua 1. It says, when you put your foot down, you're going to get it. But it's not by putting your foot down. It's because I said I was going to give it to you. And I think that's the key. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, DotBowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.